This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. And women's cricket is making its spectacular debut at the Commonwealth Games with T20 cricket at Edgebaston, the home of uh, Warwickshire cricket. The White Ferns are currently undefeated after two matches, winning by 13 runs against South Africa. That was an important one. And then coasting home against uh, Sri Lanka in their second match. Uh, one person back home uh, watching from New Zealand with great interest is uh, Frankie Mackay, of course, uh, a white fern in her own right, um, and uh, left out of the current uh, contract squad, etc. So uh, we've heard from Frankie on that basis, but now uh, I think it's a chance to look forward and uh, certainly cast an eye on what's going on overseas. Uh, the other good news for uh, Frankie in terms of what's coming up for her is she is SENZ's new Canterbury Sports Breakfast host that starts up this Saturday morning from 7 o'clock in the morning. So I guess it's a very well... Uh, welcome and warm welcome to Frankie to the family. Oh, thank you very much, Smithy. I'll be having to pick your brains on a few tips and tricks to get me through those mornings, but really looking forward to it. It's getting up early, seven o'clock, so you'll be probably starting your research about what, like five? Yeah, yeah, we'll be in nice and early. Everyone loves that on a Saturday morning, don't they? So yeah, there'll be uh, some early alarm set. But I mean, at least at the moment, I've got the the com games to get up to and, and keep me going. So yeah, it'll be. A couple of chilly uh, Christchurch mornings throughout the winter, but nah, looking forward to it. Should be good. And of course, how nice to speak to some Canterbury superstars about what they're doing in the sports world. And I'm sure there'll be no shortage of stories to talk about as well from the Canterbury crew. And no, no shortage of Canterbury people wanting to talk about their exploits either, I would imagine. So, um, as uh, you want to do down there, um, look, here, here's, uh, let's look at the, the, the cricket, shall we, before we uh, get a little bit deeper into your show this weekend. Uh, standard of cricket being played in the Com Games. Are you happy with it overall? Yeah, I've liked it. I, I've really enjoyed it. Actually, I, I think maybe the boundaries are a little small, but that's a, that's a different issue entirely. I think it's just a cool opportunity to try and reach out to some fans who perhaps haven't been engaged in in cricket and women's cricket before. And, and I think the teams have been doing a good job so far. I've, I've liked what I've seen. I will say I don't think Australia, as of yet, are quite firing on all cylinders, which has been which has been interesting to see. It's not often you see them turn up to a world tournament a little bit below their best, and, and I'm sure the other teams are licking their lips at a chance to actually get one over them. So, yeah, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm especially liking the fact that New Zealand's gone two from two and have already got themselves a short of a semi-final place with one game in hand. Are you liking what you see in terms of uh, the support? The numbers seem to be pretty cool. It maybe tends to illustrate it's been a long time coming, this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's really good to see. I, I'm, I'm encouraged as well. I thought that perhaps there, there was going to be a little bit of an issue with Barbados being one of the teams coming in. Obviously, the West Indies couldn't go and, and play as their whole team. I was a little intrigued as to how that would go. And, and they've had a couple of games that obviously haven't gone to plan. And, and I think when you take that depth away... Once you lose a couple of uh, key wickets up top, it's it's hard for what is essentially a domestic team to be competing. But 
they showed in their opening match that, that when it all clicks, uh, they're good enough to put a performance out there and get a win on the board. So, yeah, I've, I've liked it. I've liked the depth. I've liked to see a few new names. I think a lot of the sides around the world have really looked towards youth. It hasn't just been New Zealand that's done that. There's a couple of youngsters in the English setup as well that are teenagers making their debut. And they're all looking like they've been playing international cricket for 10 years. So, yeah, it's, it's really pleasing to see for the sport in general. And, and hopefully having it on the world stage, it does mean that more people are exposed to it. They see that it's a sport they want to get involved in. Some young girls think that that's a, that's a career they want to get into. They want a medal around their neck and, and hopefully this continues to grow the game. We spoke with former Blackstick uh, Sam Charlton yesterday and she admitted uh, on the back of uh, the way that uh, her former team are playing she was missing the action a little bit watching it from home. Uh, what about yourself? Oh, absolutely. I can't lie about that in the in the slightest, even from when the girls over there, they went to the opening ceremony and, and all the photos and videos that have been floating around of that on social media. It's, it has been a little tough at times to... You know, wake up, have a look at your phone, look at the news and, and see these beaming smiles coming back from you from, from a group of people that you're really close to. So, yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled for them having the time of their lives and, and winning cricket games as well. It's, it's awesome to see. But, yeah, there's definitely a, a massive, massive chunk of jealousy that runs alongside it. I mean, the whole contracting stuff, that, that happened close enough to, to the comm games that you had been sitting at home, you know, starting to dream of, of what it would be like and, and the opportunity to get up there and, and win a medal and, and perhaps end up with a gold medal and singing the national anthem and all that stuff. I mean, I think every young sporty kid, when, when they're growing up, you, you dream about what it's like, Olympics, comm games, that kind of thing. So, yeah, to, to know that you've missed out and, and I guess the next comm games being four years away, I'm pretty confident I won't still be playing at that stage, so it felt like a, a, a one-and-done chance to have a crack at it, and, and to miss out is really disappointing. But on the back of Home World Cup, I mean, I said it to, to lots of people and interviewed about it lots. I think that team was heading in a, in a really good direction. That was the probably happiest and healthiest I'd seen that, that White Ferns team over the last decade. So it just felt like success was right around the corner. It felt as though we, we were going to be successful in that, that Home World Cup. Unfortunately, wasn't to be, but it really just had that feeling that it wasn't us, but when this team was going to find success for doing a lot of the right things off the field. And, and I think now now's the time that they, they really can have a, a good crack at it. And then, of course, there's T20 World Cup at the start of next year as well. So, yeah, I think everything's tracking really well for that side. And, of course, you'd love to be part of it, but, you know, they're also some of your best friends. So also very happy to sit on the sidelines and clap and cheer for them when it's, when it's all going well. Well, that includes Susie Bates, of course, Frankie, who became the first player, male or female, to score 3,500 runs in T20 international cricket. Um, Susie Bates uh, just continues uh, on uh, an amazing career. Um, And, of course, we rely on her, of course, uh, Sophie Devine, so much at the top of the order. Yeah, massively. She, she's been a huge part of this New Zealand team for, for so long now, and, and she's just a great human being to go along with it. I think the thing that I love about Susie is she's just never lost the enthusiasm for, for training, for doing the hard work. She's the first person in the net, last person out. She's now got a rival in that, and Mealy Kerr. It's a battle to see you know, who can be in the net for the longest and who can get coaches and net bowlers complaining about how much work they've got to get through when those two are into it, but I think that's the thing with Susie is, is all the work that she puts in and, and then the success she has from it. Everyone's just, just wrapped for her. She went away. She, she had her shoulder operation, which was kind of first major injury uh, last year, and, and then to come back and, and come back the way she did throughout domestic competition. Everyone was just 
just thrilled because that's the person that, that Susie is. You know, she gives so much to this group and, and to see her be successful is, is what everyone wants. And, and it also means that that team is successful, as you mentioned, you know, have, have Susie and Sophie at the top of the order, I think it's a great partnership. We're, we're now getting you off to a good start straight away. You, you feel like you're ahead of the game. And, and looking at our top three, I think, and, and Susie Bates, Sophie Devine and Millie Kerr, arguably it's one of the strongest top threes in the competition. And if they can continue to churn out runs, then, then you are going to see success from that side. Runs has probably been the one thing over the last few years that has let the, the New Zealand side down. There was a little wobble the other night, lost lost a couple of wickets quickly, but I think really reassuringly there was a couple of good innings played through that middle order. Brooke Halliday just looked calm and steadied the ship and a little runnable 20. Leah Tahu, who came in, put the absolute icing on the cake with 20, I think, of eight balls. And, and even really really good to see Izzy Gay's first time batting in international cricket. Yeah, came in, really nice partnership with Brooke, ran hard, looked to do things slightly differently, didn't look overawed by the situation. So I think when you've got Susie and Sophie firing up top, and then you've got some runs coming from that middle order as well, then team's in a really good spot. Leah Tahu, who of course got a, a stay of execution, I guess you could call it, recalled back into the squad. <clears throat> as you said, um, and it looks like she's relishing uh, the opportunity. So uh, her spark didn't completely go when she, she got the bad news about the contract side of things, clearly. No, absolutely not. She she was pretty motivated to to prove everyone wrong, I guess. She's, she's a pretty competitive sort. People that have played you know, with her against Leah know that, that absolutely she's not one to take a backward step. So, yeah, it was really, really refreshing when, when she had the contracting news. Uh, you're always worried as to as to how players are going to take it and, and what that's going to look like. But she was very quickly, you know, we're on the phone to each other and she was very quickly talking about she was going to have more opportunity to play domestic cricket if she wasn't playing internationally. She wanted to win a couple of titles for Canterbury and she was basically, everything was just about performing really well, winning games and, and trying to get back in that New Zealand fold. So it probably happened a little bit quicker than, than she thought it would with, with some unfortunate injuries and, and players being unavailable. But... I think you know what you get with Leah. She she is a wonderful athlete, and, and I think just perfect for T20 cricket as well. She's, I think, the fastest over 20 metres in that side, bowls the fastest and hits the ball the furthest. So when you've got players in your team that can do that, I think it's a little bit of a no-brainer to have them involved. So as much as, you know, absolutely devastated for, for Jess Kerr to miss out and for Lauren Down to, to have to make herself unavailable, I think it's, it's just exciting for Leah. I think she adds another dimension to that team so really yeah really chuffed for her it's, it's one of those things you know you love to see your teammates doing well and and there's probably a little bit of added pressure that that she feels after missing out on that contract and and to be be called up at the last minute and get in that side you feel a little bit of you need to perform you need to show people you deserve to be there and and she's just you know marched straight into that taking it on head on and yeah i've loved to see it what about the the youngsters? And uh, I, I talk about a couple of players, I guess, that uh, are fulfilling the role that uh, you wanted to to do. So it's not a, an easy question to ask. Uh, but I, I look at the youngsters. I, I thought Fran Jonas was totally out of her depth at World Cup 50 over level. And I, I look at Eden Carson, which is nice the other night to get uh, her first couple of wickets. Um, Izzy Gaze, uh, who uh, I thought... Um, was okay with the gloves, but it's got a serious amount of work to do to get up to international standard, and that's just the wicketkeeper and me. Um, do you think they, in all honesty, uh, are they going to cope with England? Are they, I look at those young faces up against Australia who are basically unchanged from the World Cup, and I think, really? Are they going to get stuck in the headlights there, do you think? 
Uh, look, it's a massive step up, no, no doubt about it. And I think that that goes from anyone who's who's making the step up from domestic cricket in New Zealand, unfortunately, to the international level. It's it is a huge gap at the moment, and, and that's something that that they're going to try and work on with New Zealand A series and, and trying to create a North South series to to get a little bit more cricket for our. I guess players that, that are looking to get up to that international level, so that's something in itself. But yeah, I, I think there's kind of two ways of looking at it. There's there's the moment that you know maybe you have a little bit of a, a, a deer in the headlights type of situation where when you get thrown into things you, you've never done before, it's a big moment, it's a pressure moment. Fran absolutely would have would have learnt from that, you know, playing first home World Cup and you know just just copping a bit of flack and stuff as well around selection and. Of course, Lee Casperick wasn't selected for that, so both her and I copped our fair share of really polite, nice messages that people tend to send you on social media, and, and to be dealing with that at 17, I think that's a little tricky in itself. So, yeah, I think that she would have she would have grown a lot from that. I think her, her ball performance, the way the ball's coming out of the hand at the moment, that's really good. That's probably something that she lost a little bit throughout the home series here, just with the amount of T20 cricket played, but... I think it's coming out really nice, got really nice shape on the ball. I actually think she's a great matchup to, to Sophia Dunkley from the, the English side. So I'm hoping that that's a matchup that, that I get to see earlier rather than later with um, Fran has been taking the new ball and, and Dunkley has been opening the batting. So I hope it's a, a short stay for Dunkley. But I really like the look at Eden Carson as well. I think she there's a lot to like there. I've actually known Eden since she was uh, a real youngster, like you think. You know, she's still young now, but I think I first came across her when she was maybe 11 or 12, playing under-14s cricket. And, yeah, she's always been a gun fielder. She's always hit the ball pretty crisply as well for a little dot and always been able to spin the ball. So I think for, for having spin bowlers, slow bowlers on your side, anyone who, who's got the ability to really get the ball off straight, I think is a, a massive asset. And, and I really like the pace she bowls at as well, the ability to get up you know, 85, 86 kilometres an hour, I think is a real asset in the women's game. So... Yeah, I think she's got a really bright future. She is one that uh, she she tends to like the challenge as well, getting knocked around a bit. And I think as a spinner, you, you have to relish that and know that that's when you get into the contest. So, yeah, I've got big reps on her. I'm really excited to see how her career develops. Hopefully I can throw a couple of tidbits in here and there and, and help her out as well. And, and Izzy Gaze, yeah, I think she she's probably got the most work of the three at the moment to do, but... That's also just on the back of how little domestic cricket she's played. I think she's played under two seasons of, of domestic cricket. So, yeah, there's there's lots to like. I think she's got a hard task in, in having to pick all Mealy Kerr's variations. There's some batters around the world that have been playing Mealy for the last five or six years who still haven't got a clue when it's the wrong one. So, yeah, Izzy's definitely got her, her work cut out with that. But she's a good kid. She's got a really good work ethic around, you know, just wanting to get better. She's pretty hungry to do that. Loves spending a lot of time with the gloves on. Loves asking questions. She's constantly, constantly in your ear asking about stuff, talking cricket, which is, which is great from any young player. She was involved in a couple of the camps over the summer, and, and me standing at first slip, she was just basically talking my ear off about the tactics and, and thoughts and the pitch and everything that she could get her hands on in terms of information. She was after it. So you love to see that from a young player, and, and I'm sure she'll develop pretty quickly as well now that she's got a good support structure around her and, and a lot of coaches to invest in. So it's going to be a big ask. It definitely is. There's going to be some days where it doesn't go well. There's going to be some situations for these youngsters that they haven't come across before, but sometimes that nice, youthful naivety is, is actually not a bad thing to have in some pressure moments either. Frankie, uh, first assignment for Ben Sawyer, the new head coach uh, out of uh, the Australian side, of course. 
Uh, what are you hearing? Um, you know, I, I imagine you're in a, a little bit of contact. The, the group look happy at the moment because uh, winners do grin, as we say, but what are you hearing about Ben Sawyer's influence in the team early on? Yeah, p- pretty positive, to be fair. I think uh, the thing that I really like with Ben, and, and I'd heard from a couple of the girls, uh, he's a pretty he's a pretty straight talker, and, and having had a couple of conversations with him on the phone, I can absolutely confirm that is the case. There, there I'm sure, will be moments where that that real brutal honesty, that real straight talking probably won't be overly appreciated at all times by some players, but I think it's it's really refreshing for, for someone to come in and, and not know a lot of people's backstories and the histories of, of I guess, who they are as a person and, and what they've been through and to just be able to talk pretty factually about their cricket and their skills and where they're at, where they need to get to, I think will be really useful for this team. He he's, seems like he's very analytical loves having data, loves having the numbers to go alongside things. So I know he's he's working a lot closer with video analysts, uh, performance analysts than than his predecessor Bob Carter was. And I actually think it's worked out really nice to have the, the continuity of Bob keeping on as an assistant coach. He loves getting on the flinger in the net, so I'm sure he'll be piling hours and hours of work into the batters as well. And, and then to have Sarah McGlashan come in too as an assistant coach, she's obviously been part of the White Ferns for a long time as a player. She's been around the group uh, with her role as, as the New Zealand under-19 coach as well. She's done a lot of work with the youngsters and also with the White Ferns players at camps. And She's just got a good personality and she, she knows Ben really well as well from from being at the um, Sydney Sixers when he was there. So I think it's worked out a really nice partnership between the three of them. I, I think maybe Ben gets perhaps a little bit much credit at the moment for how the team's trucking along. I think a a lot of that work's been done over the last 12 or 18 months to get a really good, uh, happy, healthy team culture where where people are really supported and and looked after. And and I think you've seen that in the way that players have have supported each other through some some not-so-great times and and enjoyed some good moments as well. So, yeah, I think he's been a, a really nice piece to the puzzle to add. I think him and Sophie will work exceptionally well together they're both pretty up front they both want to play aggressive cricket and yeah I'm excited to see where he can take this team as well he's definitely not going to be one to take a backward step and and perhaps that little bit of of Aussie attitude that little bit of mongrel is is maybe what this side needs as well. Uh, Frankie just finally your first show uh, this weekend at seven o'clock the Canterbury Sports Breakfast here on SENZ what can we look forward to in episode one? Well we're basically just going to be championing Canterbury Sports, which of course is not going to be hard and it's going to be excellent because you know I can wear my eye patch to work and not get any flack for it. I think that's going to be the most exciting thing on a Saturday morning. But we're going to try and bring you some some chats with our gold medal winners, our our com games superstars. We've got a little bit of NPC chat coming out. The Rams have got some big games uh, to try and make their way into the top four. We'll have a little bit of women's sport, of course, thrown in there. That's going to be something that'll be pretty constant, but. Yeah, we're, we're going to try and bring you a bit of anything and everything that's going on. Canterbury sport from, from the club level through secondary schools, women's sport, men's sport. There'll be some big names thrown in there as well, some legends of the game. And, of course, there'll be lots of my thoughts as well, which really, of course, will be why everyone's tuning in. <laughs> and that's been very good, too, in the last uh, 20 minutes, I must say. Uh, Frankie Mackay, it's always a, a pleasure talking uh, to you. It's, uh, it was always a pleasure working alongside you in the commentary box, actually. I uh, love, uh, love your thoughts and uh, love your forthrightness. So, uh, good luck with the show, and uh, we'll catch up shortly. Thanks, Frankie. Thanks, Billy. 
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.